it can't be as big of a deal as people make it. Like, don't give things that kind of power. There's way worse things in the world than like looking stupid or whatever. At the end of the day, you're just going to learn something from it. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Today on the show, I have Denise Laframboise. Denise is one of our amazing clients from our 10 Loans a Month program. The thing I've always loved about Denise is that she is one of the fastest people I've ever met to execute. So if we come up with a new campaign or strategy on a Friday, she will be the first person to roll it on Monday and we'll, we'll hit the ground running with it. One of the things she always says is done is better than perfect. I see too many people kind of get stuck in analysis paralysis and trying to figure out what to do. And Denise executes at a very high level. She's a top mortgage broker with Mortgage Architects. She also has three kids at home right now that she has to manage through this whole COVID crisis. And in her whole approach with her clients, she's not salesy at all. She's very service oriented, has a background in healthcare. And really, you can tell the way that she approaches her business, the way that she approaches her marketing or communication. It's all about serving clients and it just works. Like her business is doing fantastic. So I really think you're going to enjoy this interview. This episode is sponsored by Finmo. So Finmo is Canada's fastest growing mortgage origination platform. This is according to Stats by Phylogics. A few things I love about Finmo. First, they have designed their app from the ground up with the borrower in mind, so it's very borrower focused. This means they make the application really easy for your average borrower to use, and this reduces the friction in the mortgage process. Nobody likes friction in the mortgage process. Second, they make document collection super simple, and they have a smart document feature, which means as the person's filling out the application, uh, it knows intuitively what documents to ask for so that when they hit submit, they'll immediately get a list of documents, so it makes it easier for you. And then finally, they recognize that every mortgage broker on the planet, you know, we all want to run our business businesses differently. And so they've built Zapier integration right into Finmo, which means you can connect it to almost any app and build it right into your process without duplicating of data. So it's fantastic. So check out Finmo to get a free 30-day trial. They have amazing customer support to help you get started. Finmo is the skip the dishes of mortgages. And check out this interview with Denise. Hey, Denise, welcome to the show. Thanks. So, hey, so before we get into this interview with you, I just love for you to uh, how did, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the mortgage business? I guess sort of by accident, I just was researching new careers because I'd had enough of my old one and I took the course and started doing it. My mortgage broker at the time had sort of said to me, like, maybe you want to do this for a living. And I was like, well, the course is only five days. Let me try it out. So, okay. What were you doing before that you weren't, that you weren't enjoying? So I was working in healthcare and it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it, I guess. I was doing x-rays and CAT scans. I really loved it. I'd been doing it for 15 years. Right. Um, I was a paramedic before, so there's no judgment. It's just sometimes you just know you need to change. Yeah. Well, I think one of the questions you were going to ask me about was what I fail about. And I legitimately failed at doing shift work and balancing a family of three kids. Right. Yeah. That was my failure. Yeah. That's actually what brought me. I got into the mortgage business because my wife was in the mortgage business. We had a kid. We're having a kid and I'm like, I don't want to do the night shifts anymore. I had to commute to go to Vancouver for the next training or move. And I'm like, screw this. And so that was what pushed me. So, okay. So tell me about, you said it was five days. That's it. That's all you took to get your mortgage. Is that, it can't still be that way though. Is it? Yeah. Five day online course and like an hour or two for an exam. And you could be a mortgage agent. And then you just have to find somebody to let you work under their license. Right. Somebody to take to take a gamble on you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell me, I always like to ask about a success quote that you've had because I love quotes. So is there a quote that you've had that's had an impact on your life or business? So there's a lot of quotes I love. I One of my top ones, I think, is uh, Will Smith. He said, your life will become better by making others' lives better. Right. Okay. So how do you apply that to life or business? Like, what's the, How does that philosophy kind of work itself out? 
So, I mean, it's really just if there's any way I can help somebody, I want to. And maybe I'm just wired that I'm too competitive that I just never want to lose. So if somebody says I need help with something, like I need to help that person. But in this industry, it's, it's very easy to come up with ways to help referral partners, right? Help realtors, help accountants, help people that work at the bank that they're they just had to turn away their client. Like there, there's a lot of people out there to help. It doesn't always lead to money. There's a lot of clients who just want a second opinion on their renewal or something like that. And it doesn't make sense for them to leave. But I think just helping as many people as you can leads to like this good word of mouth about your business. Okay. So can you give me, can you think of an example? I'm just putting you on the spot here, but can you think of an example where someone, you did something to help someone, but there was no business attachment to it, but there was, there was some side positive side effect to it that you weren't expecting? Well, I would just say like, even before I started, I was doing all this volunteer work in the community. So I knew all these business owners and and I was just supporting them. If you had some sort of special on and you own a restaurant, I'm going to share that on my social media and tell people to try it and take a picture of me and my kids eating a hamburger and all of those kind of things that as a self-employed person, you realize are so important. Right. And yeah, especially right now, as we both know, with COVID-19 and a lot of small businesses have really been kicked in the teeth with this whole thing. And so... Um, yeah, yeah, but I think you just like you, I was always supporting all these people. And then when I got into this industry and I was like, oh, we can help self-employed people. I know a lot of those people. Right. Um, right. And so it ended up naturally having my business do a lot more B lending than what um, I had originally thought we could do on Is that side. still the case? Do you still do a lot of B or is it like? Uh, I, do, I do a lot of B, like a lot of self-employed high net worth clients that um, are just structured a little differently than what the A lender stress test allows them to qualify. Right. Oh, interesting. Okay. And just out of curiosity, where do you think most of that business comes from? Is it just... It's word of mouth. Like legitimately when I worked at the hospital, I never talked to anybody about who my accountant was or my mortgage broker because we were all in the same boat and we could all just had options. Right, and right. I'm self-employed. You can Every go to H&R self-employed block, person talks to another self-employed person about, hey, who does your taxes? Who does this? How do you do... It's just more referrals. Right. What percentage of your business would you say is actually from... From referrals? Like from, no, from like business, like BFS stuff. I probably 45%. Really? And so do you, have you found like working with accountants to be, do you have accountants that you do business oh, with? I would much rather work with accountants. I love accountants, right? right? Because their clients will, if they are doing their job properly, they are writing off all your income, right? They are making your tax bill zero. Right. And then those clients go into the bank and are told, you don't make any money, you don't qualify. Right. Right. Or they're hiding all their money inside a corporation and a bank will look at that and say, well, the corporation's that's not you. That's right. a separate thing, right? Whereas alternative lenders look at the big picture and we're really saving the accountants too because we're not saying, oh, they're doing their job improperly. We're saying they're doing what they're supposed to and mm-hmm. they're really saving you the most money overall because at the end of the day, you can pay a lower interest rate or you can pay less tax. Uh, you can't have both. Right, right. That makes sense. And and if somebody's paying paying a slightly higher interest rate, but they end up, saving $50,000 in tax. It doesn't like you're, you're not, you know, there's not, not that much difference in the interest rate to offset. Does Steve say all the time, like the global savings, right? If you look at like the full savings, Lifetime if you said savings, to me, yeah. Yeah. right, this is how much income you have to claim. And this is going to be the tax bill for the next two years to qualify for this. Or you could take a higher interest rate and pay 250 bucks a month higher. I right. know what I'm going to choose every time. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I didn't actually realize that about you. Okay, so what about failure? So everybody knows that when you're in business for self, you know, being there's going to be failure that happens. So what's something you failed at? And then what was the lesson you learned from it? Yeah, so I think, uh, honestly, my failure was uh, trying to figure out how to do shift work and balance my family life. And also just like, I failed at being someone else's employee. Like that is not what I was supposed to be doing. Right. Um, How many years have you been doing this now? This is my fourth year. Right. So it's still pretty new, like in the grand scheme of things, you're doing fantastic, but like four years is not like crazy long, but so you said the balance. So how have you found, it's not easy to balance as a self-employed person because work can be all the time everywhere. So how do you do that? What, what has helped you navigate that? So a, a lot of it is just like control, right? I mean, control of my schedule. So I'm okay working a Saturday once in a while, but I get to pick which Saturday. I find schedule once is, is a lifesaver, right? Yep. Because I can block off dinner time. I can block off certain important events and people can't book in those times. Right. So that's really helped me to funnel people into the hours I want to work. So there's and a lot of my clients, so I would say, Self-employed is my big one. And the other one is busy families with young kids, right? Because it's the same, it's my network. And I find I do a lot of those calls at nine o'clock at night when everybody's kids are in bed. And And they're not, they can actually focus. Yeah. So I will often like, you know, not work between four and seven in a normal world when kids are in school. Right. And and then we put the kids to bed and maybe I take a call at eight or nine o'clock at night. Right. And so, and use that built right into your calendar so that people have that option so they can see, oh, look, there's an evening time that I can have a conversation and you've built it in a normal time where nobody can book between four and seven because you're doing family stuff. Yeah. I mean, we used to joke though, like on our team, like I did shift work for so many years and I was on call for so long that we used to tell the realtors we worked with, like, you can call our team at any time. Somebody will answer. And they used to say, but Denise is the only one that'll answer after 10. Right. Right. Because if you call me at 2 a.m., I'd be like, hi, what do you want? Because that's what yeah. has, it has been my, my thing for so long. Right? right. But do you still do that or no? I legitimately think if my phone rang in the middle of the night, I would totally answer it and be like, how can I help you? Right. Wow. I'm going to test it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you probably could. Right. Because uh, and in my head, I was always like, well, I don't have to drive to the hospital drill deal with somebody who like lift this heavy patient and do this test and whatever. I don't even have to put clothes on. I'm just on the phone. Right. Right? That's really, really good. Okay. So if you were, if you were starting over again, the mortgage business was four years and what would you do in the first 90 days to get your business going? I would do everything exactly the same. You would do everything. Okay. So then what, what was really helpful for you in your first 90 days? What did you do that was useful for you? I legitimately listened to all these podcasts and, mm-hmm. and wrote down the books I wanted to read, the ideas that I thought I could implement. And I read all of Dustin's books and I legitimately regurgitated some of the stuff that he said to realtors and they looked at me like I was smart. And then I just started doing videos. I did uh, a video a week, every week on social media, just mm-hmm. about a different topic, anything. Because I think sometimes we take for granted that when something is like, is something that we all understand already. Like what is an insured mortgage? Um, right. We don't realize how everybody else doesn't know that. Right. We have the curse of knowledge. They call it mm-hmm. when you know something so well, you don't, you, you even just assume things. So, okay. So the video a week, is that something you're still doing? Like how many do you think you've done? Yeah, I, I'm still doing it. I mean, it's not as 
as routine as it was before. But when I started, I was only part-time because I had a new baby at home. So I would really just like dress up on Wednesdays to go to the office for the team meeting. And then I would, you know, put on like a blazer, like everybody does now, like from the waist up and do a video at home while my kid was sleeping. And then everybody thought I was this professional that was working all the time. Well, you do have a lot of like on your Facebook page, just something like 5,000 likes or something, which is like, it's a good size number. So whatever you did there, like that was, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big number in four years. So when you first started video, were you super, because there's a lot of people that listen to this and they're like, I'd like to do video, but I'm intimidated. What was, what was your, were you intimidated or you just made yourself do it anyway? Or what was the psychology going on there? I legitimately think people give everything a lot more power than it deserves. And as much as I say, like I did those videos, like the people in my network probably saw, you know, one or two over the course of a year. Right. Right. And I know when I'm scrolling through social media, I legitimately roll by so much stuff that I never look at. Like, I think you put stuff out there and the people who are interested will listen and the people who aren't interested will just scroll by. Like they're just not who you're talking to. Right. Don't, yeah. Don't you think about yourself too much essentially. Yeah. So, and it, so has it gotten more comfortable though? Like video, cause I've seen you on, you seem pretty comfortable in video now, but like what is it felt like it's gotten easier after five, four years of doing this? I mean, I still, it's funny. I don't love public speaking at all, but I'm fine with video because right. I think I can just pretend there's only one person watching. Right. Right. Yes. That's a good point actually. Cause it, it feels like only one person. Mm-hmm. Like you're just, I am talking to one person. Okay. So all right. So what's your biggest change you made your business in the last 12 months? That's so been one, helpful. Okay. Helpful. So, I mean, the, the biggest one that I made is that I really committed to um, an IT team. So I committed to this team where like, so now everything is Microsoft, everything is smooth. I stopped using anything that was free because I found that like for security purposes, I just wasn't comfortable or was worried that something would happen to my data. So just having everything synced, backed up, properly organized has been significant for me because I never have to worry about that. I mean, the background was we were working with a real estate firm that actually went under and I lost all my emails. Right. All my emails to everybody. So then people would be like, hey, I'm ready for that now. And I'm like, what are we ready for? Who is this person? I, I had nothing. Oh, so the, but you, but they still, you could still catch the email, but you had no history of like mm-hmm. anything? Well, I mean, they could find me, right? Like you can find me on social media or my, e- like you can find me, but it, it was kind of a, a hard lesson to learn that you have to be like in control of your own stuff and organized, right? Right. That's true. Okay. So, you, so it's really, we're talking about like a tech stack. So you basically now use, like you use the Microsoft suite for everything for like... Yeah. So I use Microsoft for everything. I use Teams for communication. I use Teams for storage. I use Microsoft Planner. So like a lot of people use Trello. Yeah. Microsoft Planner does basically the same thing, except it also has a calendar in it. So you can just easily see like what dates everything will close on but it's all like integrated inside. What do you use for a CRM? What are you doing to keep track of all your deals? I'm just transitioning to a new one. Actually, I'm using Nimble Nimble CRM. So it's a social CRM, which is kind of cool because I you can link it with social media. So actually through the CRM, you can also wish people happy birthdays and things on. I see. So it's like platform. a way to like a, a CRM mm-hmm. that sits on top of social media that allows you to like, yeah. and does it so, show their feeds and stuff too? 
Yeah, it, and it can link to mine. And yeah, so it's, it's a really neat thing. It can also pull information from social media. So say things like, oh, well, this is so-and-so spouse. Do you want to add them to? It, oh, it's really, really cool. And it is links it Microsoft with... Microsoft um, or is this something else? No, it's separate from Microsoft. So it links with uh, Gmail as well. So if people are like G Suite users, it'll link with that too. And it's really cheap. Hmm. So That's cool. Yeah. I've never heard of it. So, okay. So you're also, you're in our uh, 10 loans a month program. So I'm curious, so what was your biggest sort of takeaway or thing that you've picked up from our program so far? So there's so many things. I would say probably the biggest one is yes, be organized with systems, but also just the network of people. Like I found when I started in this industry, I would meet people who maybe were local, but weren't so forthcoming and supportive because like, you're in the same industry and right. through your program, I've met all these cool people who want to help each other and share. So I have this awesome network of other mortgage brokers that I can now be like, Hey, what do you think of this? Right. Yeah. That's one of the cool side effects that I've found is just this, when we do those calls and we're sharing and you become with an idea and say, Hey, what do you guys think? And by the time we're done with it, we're like, Holy crap, like this is way better. And the, the, the brain trust of the improvements happen much quicker than just one person trying to like come up with them. So yeah, well, and you just, you have all these people that you can call, right? And say, hey, right. I'm trying this. I saw you did this. How'd it go, right? Right. And you're all using similar, like you're all kind of trying to do the same thing. So there's a lot of overlap yeah. and learning. So that's cool. Yeah, the, the community that has been amazing. So that's awesome. Hey, so rapid fire questions. So I'm going to ask you some questions. You can answer these with shorter answers if you like. So what is one thing you think is holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I would suggest potentially like a really good team. So the team that I work on, like at our brokerage, there's only seven of us, but they're rock stars. And so anytime I have trouble with a deal or I need help with something, or I've never seen something before, like I have this instant network of brilliant people to be like, yeah, just do this. Just call this person. And I think that's huge. Like I think- uh, Not everybody first, has that either though. A lot, of, a lot of people don't have that. That's not their experience, right? Well, I like to tell people at Element Mortgage Group, we are the best, but... Right. Um, I'm not trying to brag, but... <laughs> I legitimately, I think like when you're first starting out, you look at compensation, compensation, and you forget to look at what's important. And if right. the team can help you save deals or find more deals or how to do whatever, it's really going to be worth way more than whatever extra and, 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 percentage of commission. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not just commission. Okay. So what one thing or habit things made you successful? Insanely determined, right? Like if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it 10 times faster. Well, one of the things I've noticed about you is whenever we come up with a campaign, whether it's a webinar thing or what you, your time from idea to execution is literally like, we will roll something out and be like, oh, Denise is already gone. She's just like, you just, you take stuff and you execute so fast. And because of that, some people I've noticed to get stuck in analysis paralysis and they're like, oh, everything's... And you're just like, no, I've got to execute. And so I've always been impressed with your level of like, just go. And you have a lot, like you've got three kids and you've got like, you know, you've, it's, not like you're, it's not like you have the, the, hey, I've got nothing on my plate and I can do this. It's like, you got lots on your plate, but you still... How do you do that? I'm just curious. Like, what's the... Well, Obviously the done is better than perfect, right? Like we don't mm -hmm. want to overthink things. And, and with three little kids at home, I don't actually have time to overthink things. So it's kind of got to be done. But I mean, it's also, yeah, like you said, people get in their head. I mean, I, I came from a job where I injected people with stuff that could kill them. Like if I made a mistake or I did something wrong, there were serious consequences. 
Right. What could possibly happen if I put a social media post out that somebody doesn't like, or I do a video that I suck at? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right. Nobody's going to die. So you're right. So you're comparing this to, hey, I kill somebody at work to, eh, it fell flat. And it's like, whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it can't be as big of a deal as people make it. Like don't give things that kind of power. There's way worse things in the world than like looking stupid or whatever. At the end of the day, you're just going to learn something from it. Okay. So what about, we talked about internet resource software programs. So you like the Microsoft suite tools. What's, is there another tool that you found really helpful for your business? I mean, the Microsoft planner thing was huge for me. So, or like you could use Trello, whatever it is, just something that you can look at very quickly and see all your deals where they are. And also the Outlook signatures was huge, right? To have all of my signatures. So I never have to type an email more than once. Right. Um, What do you mean? Is that, that's sort of like canned responses, right? Yeah. So I have, you know, yeah, you can have like an email signature. I have every email that I would possibly send more than once typed out. So every pre-approval email, every like introduction to your lawyer email, whatever it is, is all in there. So I just have to like edit it quickly. I see. So it's kind of like, it's, I think, what do they call that in Gmail? Those are like canned responses. Canned responses are called. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a great idea. It saves a ton of time. Okay. So if you could recommend one book for listeners, what would it be? To Sell as Human by Daniel Pink. Oh, right? I so, haven't read that one. Yeah. Oh, you need to read it. It's about how like teachers and healthcare workers are better salespeople than everybody else. Right. Well, having a healthcare background myself, I right? have to, I'll, I'll put it on my list. It was and, the first sales book I read that actually spoke to what I had been through because they legitimately said that people in healthcare or in education spend their whole life selling people on an idea without being compensated for it. Right. Getting people from one spot to another, different ideas, getting them to do something without, you're, you're not paid per transaction. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I got to check that out. Okay, this is the last question. So $100,000 question. So if you had $100,000 and you had to invest it in your business uh, to get, what would you do with it? I'm just curious. So I can't say that I would just hire a chef and then travel all the time. <laughs> no, like, well, no, you could hire an assistant. I don't know. So would you, what would you? Yeah. I'm so legitimately you guys hired an assistant for me, you know, just recently and she's amazing. So I would take that money. I would promote her. I would get you to hire me another one and I would spend the rest of the money on my database. Right. Um, just just reminding my clients how much I love them. Right. And, and getting more business. This is awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much. How can people find you if they're looking for you online? You can find, just type in Denise Lefrebois Mortgage Broker, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, And Element LinkedIn. Mortgage as well. Element Mortgage Group, yeah, is our yeah. brokerage. Yeah. Okay, well, awesome. Thank you, Denise. This has been awesome to get to know you a little bit better. And just keep, yeah, we'll, we'll be chatting again soon. Thank you.